You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Here we are. It's Resurrection Sunday. Today, the message is entitled God's Power in Everyday Life. So, God's Power in Everyday Life. You're awake? Yes. It sounded like it when we were worshiping, so that's good. So, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray and I'm going to lead you in the prayers. Father, Thank you that we're here. We can celebrate your resurrection here. And you have placed us in the center of Brisbane. We pray for your resurrection life to come to all that are at home, whether on Zoom or YouTube or Facebook, wherever they are. God, meet them and open up our eyes that we would be able to understand and know the power of your resurrection and that we would feel it and experience it deep within our souls. Help me to share exactly what you want me to share and give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll put our hands on our hearts and you could, if, if, you, if you could pray this nice and loud with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So this is number six in this series that we're doing, Your Healer. And today we will be talking about healing, but we'll be talking about other things too. So more in the, later in the message, we'll be talking about healing. I've been working on a translation of Ephesians, uh, one of the things that I've been working on translating, and this is part of it. And I'll read it to you, Ephesians chapter 1, 19 through 21. And this is going to be the main uh, passage that we will be focusing on this morning. And this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, and it's his prayer for God's people. And this is the last part of that prayer in Ephesians 1. And last but not least, may you grasp the exceeding greatness of his power living in us who continually believe. What is this exceedingly great power? It is the working of his mighty strength, God's raw power that was at work in the Messiah when he raised him from the dead. This raw power raised him to rest in the heavens at God's right hand. He was seated far above all rule and authority power and lordship, and high above every name that can be named, not only in this age, but also in the future. So this is our main passage, and the theme this morning is, it's by the resurrection power of Jesus 
that we victoriously live every day of our lives. It's by the resurrection power of Jesus that we victoriously live every day of our lives. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, the beginning of this prayer, uh, or the last part of the prayer uh, of this passage, in Ephesians 1.19, Paul packs into this one verse many Greek words for power. Actually, six Greek words for power in all. Here, Paul uses almost every word for power at his disposal since the power of Jesus' resurrection surpasses every other power. On earth and even in the heavens. So there's no power even remotely comparable to the resurrection power of Jesus. And the good news is that this raw power, I translate it as raw power, this raw power lives in us who believe. And that's one of the things that the Greek brings out is us who believe that that power comes into us. And it's not just outside of us. When we believe this raw power, the resurrection power of Jesus comes to live inside of us. And it operates as we, and it works as we believe. And this is why Paul is praying that the eyes of our hearts receive the light of this knowledge. He wants us to know the power of the resurrection. And it's not that this ultimate power is far from us, like I said before, or only available to elite, an elite few. Rather, it's the inheritance of all who believe. It's all of your inheritances. It's your inheritance. Jesus' resurrection power saves us and lifts us out of this world of sin, sickness, and death. And so today I want to talk about Jesus' resurrection and how it relates to everyday life, everyday life. And I plan to share some personal stories on the way. They are not amazing, spectacular stories, but they are stories of God at work in everyday life that I believe that the Lord wanted me to share uh, this morning. So are we ready? We are ready. So the first point is this. God's exceedingly great power is revealed in Jesus' resurrection. God's exceedingly great power is revealed in Jesus' resurrection. So for us believers, Jesus' resurrection is not merely a theory or doctrinal statement. Instead, it is the power we live by every day. It, or it should be the power we live by every day. And so it has to go beyond the theory or just a belief statement or doctrinal statement. It has to be something that we live by every day. There's no other way to live the Christian life than to daily depend on Jesus' resurrection life. There's no other way to live the Christian life than daily depending on Jesus' resurrection life. 
The Christian life without resurrection power is like a muscle car without an engine. <laughs> it may look good on the outside, but it won't get you anywhere. You may be able to take a photo in front of it and, oh, this car looks nice. But if it has no engine, it's not going to get you anywhere. But the resurrection power of Jesus is like those muscle car engines. It is powerful, and it causes us to move, and it causes us to go, not to just sit in the parking garage or sit on the street. Well, here is Anna and I when we were married in 1999. That's Anna. That's me. I'm uh, twice a man as I was back then. <laughs> I'm twice the man I was back then. <laughs> there's some of the wedding party, and if you notice, there's a car, classic Cadillac American car that was the main car that was used for the wedding. Anna, you arrived in that car? Yes. Yeah, Anna arrived in that car, and that's the car we went into, into for as we escaped for a honeymoon? Yeah. Or, or did we use another car for that? I think it was. I, um, but we had uh, that, that car, which reminds me of this illustration I'm using. Here's Anna with her dad. <laughs> there's, there's Anna and her dad, and she's in that Cadillac car. And this is Anna, just, just herself there. Now it's, it, we're coming up to, it's uh, 22. We're coming up to 23 years, right? Boy, I just, uh, when it get, you, you know it's long when you start to lose count, you know? Somebody, somebody asked me how, I was, how old I was the other day, and I was trying to, trying to remember. I had to do the calculations. Oh, I was born in 1975. <laughs> yeah, I'm 46. I'll be turning 47 soon. But uh, after a while, you know, it's, you, you stop counting. Um, but there is Anna there, and that was a precious day. And like I was saying before, the Christian life without resurrection power is like a muscle car without an engine. It doesn't go. It doesn't have any power. It may look good, but it goes nowhere. And these Cadillacs and Mustangs and cars like that, these classic cars are known for their powerful engines. That's why they're called muscle cars. And... When they, you know, you have this culture, like this car culture here and in America too, when these cars go by, they have such a sound that sounds like thunder that you can feel it. <laughs> you can feel it in your chest. It's thunderous. It's like a, one of those Harley Davisons, and when it rides, it's thunderous. And the resurrection of Jesus is like that in that it thunders within you. It empowers you. It gives you uh, life. And that is the power by which we need to walk and live every day. We need to depend on that power as we rise out of our beds. 
and as we go to sleep at night and all throughout the day, the real muscle behind our faith is the resurrection of Jesus. That's the real muscle behind our faith is the resurrection of Jesus. This is not the same car that we um, used for our wedding in 1999, but it's very similar. It's a very similar Cadillac-style car, American, American car. And like I said before, the real muscle behind our faith is the resurrection of Jesus. Again, here's a Mustang. The car needs to have that engine. Imagine you lifted up the hood and there was no engine. And the resurrection of Jesus is like that powerful engine that makes that car go and thunder and it gives Gives very, it gives life to the car. The car would be nothing without the engine except a shell. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've felt completely defeated and without desire to go on, and yet, by faith, I went into the secret place of prayer because by faith I knew that in that secret place of prayer... God would share with me his resurrection life. And time and time again, in that place of prayer, I received God's resurrection life. Where I felt like I was on the floor, that I could not continue, completely defeated or, or depleted. Felt sometimes defeated, sometimes depleted. And I have felt the resurrection, not just known it in my head, well, it's good to know the resurrection of Jesus, but I have grasped it, I have felt it, I have experienced it, and it has caused me to throw off the weights of the world, the worries of the world, the accusations that people uh, throw at you, the different discouragements of life. It has caused me to throw it off and to, to walk in that strength. And what I'm saying today is we need it every day. It's not just for crisis periods, but we need to know the resurrection of Jesus and live by that resurrection power every day. And our church, our little church here, oh, I'll get to that. Our, <laughs> our little church here is totally reliant on Jesus' resurrection life to run. That's who we are as a church. We're not doing this in our own strength, though I felt like I was falling into my own strength this morning. I was running back and forth from the desk trying to get this guitar thing to work. It's such a simple thing. It's a guitar. You plug it in. You put it in the sound system, and it should go. It's <laughs> and my whole background from when I was young was as a DJ and sound equipment and mixing, and, and this little thing is giving me such a headache. How is it not working? Well, we found a workaround, and I was very grateful for Yushi and Davina helping out early because it allowed us to get it. And then to see the team pray, thank you guys for praying because that means a lot. Thank you. Without 
the resurrection of Jesus, like I said before, we are a car without an engine. We are a church without an engine. And we need his resurrection power in this world of sin, sickness, and death. And Daniel and Diane, all of this happened this week so that you would rely on the resurrection power of Jesus as you go out. And these th things happen in our lives, sometimes very difficult things. And it's all that we would not do things in our own strength, but rely on the resurrection power of Jesus. Not to say that we're trying to do things in our own strength, but it's easy to fall into that and the weaknesses that come in our life and the things that come to make us weak cause us to rely on the resurrection power of Jesus all the more. Hallelujah. So here's a, a little uh, cartoon, Jersey cow. How is he? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing? The Jersey cow. Now, I almost don't even have to do the accent because I, you know, grew up very close to New Jersey. And so it's uh, making fun of the Jersey accent. How are you doing? Now, now, hopefully I don't make Fran backslide with the bar scene, okay? <laughs> so our second point is we see God's power not just in the grand acts, but in the simple and small things. So we see God's power not just in the grand acts, but in the simple and small things. And this comes from Luke 16, 10, Matthew 25, 23. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it quickly to you. And you'll know this, and I heard Donna mentioning this recently. He who is faithful in very little, or sorry, he who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. He who is faithful in a a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Here, among the many things that Jesus is teaching, one of the things he is teaching is the importance of faithfulness in the little and the small things. And we see God's power not just in the grand acts, but in the simple and small things. And usually when someone is young in their faith, they're new. They only seem to find God in the spectacular. So it's got to be uh, amazing. Everybody's got to fall to the floor. Uh, people have to be trembling. And then they, oh, then God is moving. But if it's not some spectacular thing, cloud, a cloud coming in the room. And I've been a part, I've been a part of seeing all of that, actually. But uh, if it's not something spectacular, they send, tend to discount it. But we are not to be like that as we mature. The resurrection power of Jesus is not just needed in crisis times, but every day, even for the simplest of things. So I'll talk about that. Welcome, George. Good to see you. I was saying here, you see this uh, Mustang, uh, that the Christian life without the power of the resurrection of Jesus is like that 
muscle car without the engine. And so we need the power of the, the resurrection of Jesus to, to live, to live righteously, to overcome in this world. So the resurrection of power of Jesus is not just needed in crisis times, but every day, even the simplest of things. So uh, recently, I had two simple things, or a few simple things, that I did that opened a conversation, opened up conversations with strangers. And one of them was yesterday. I uh, sometimes on a Saturday morning, I go down to Sandgate by the water and I use it to prepare my heart for today and what I'm sharing. I may do some reading, some meditating, some praying. Uh, meditating on the word, not um. <laughs> looking out among the water, and I found a, a nice spot. I uh, got a little breakfast. I had found a nice spot. It was in the shade. I had a nice bench, a nice seat, and I was sitting there, and I was enjoying my time and reading. I was reading about the book of Ruth, and also about the kindness that uh, Ruth was showing to Naomi. So I was reading all about this, and there was a family that was walking past me, and there was a few older members in their family, and they, they saw me on the bench, and they seemed to need a place to rest. So the lady came up to me and says, could we share this bench with you? And I said... Uh, yes, yes, definitely. I said, I've been here long enough. I'll get up and go so you can use this bench. It was a nice spot, you know, perfect view, shade. And so I packed up my stuff. I got up and let them sit down. And so they seemed very happy. I talked with them a little bit, and they asked me about uh, a little bit about what I was reading. And, and then I got up and I walked away. Well, as I was walking, another older man came up beside me, and he said, I saw what you did, and someone was watching you. I saw what you did. He said, it's good to see good things in this world. It's good to see kindness. And I, I've seen this guy before. He, he's very observant. He walks uh, in Sandgate, and I don't know him well, but... He says, I observe lots of things, and I don't see that too often. And so we talked a little bit. And then I said to him, I went to shake his hand, and I said, God bless you. And he said, God has already, God has already blessed me because I saw a young man do a good thing and show kindness. So I'm a young man. <laughs> So, the, so it was good to, he was, he was blessed, and um, it was good to, uh, it was more than being uh, complimented, I give all the glory to Jesus, because I, Jesus has changed my life, I could not think of not getting up, and I mean, I, it wasn't even an option, they needed a place to rest, I had a good spot, and let them rest. And he said there was an older man there that was actually struggling walking. So it was a, a good thing that you gave him the spot. 
what stood out to me in that interaction yesterday was that I was watching, and I didn't realize somebody was watching. But usually there is somebody watching you. And that's why if I could have said, you know, I got here before you got here. <laughs> um, what if you find a bench down there or pointed somewhere else or did something else? Someone was watching. And if I would have been selfish, which I didn't even think about being selfish there, but if I was selfish, somebody, somebody was watching and someone is watching you in your life. People are watching. And this is why the power of the resurrection is so important in our everyday life. And then there was another thing that happened. This was about a week ago. Uh, I went to a little shop. It was one of these, it's kind of like a pop-up shop. And I was with Anna, and there was some products there. And I asked the young man to explain to me the different products he had. And I said, I'm interested in buying this thing. It had to do with orthopedic uh, things. You know, when you're on your feet, you put the insoles in, and, you know, it helps you. So now I'm showing my age, right? <laughs> and so I was talking to him, but I, I had Anna, and Anna came. And Anna and I were going to go on a date because we didn't get to go on a date on the Tuesday, so it was a Thursday. So I said, uh, I'm going to go and take my wife out for coffee, and then I'm going to come back, and uh, I'm hoping to buy something. And so he said, okay. And so we went out, and Anna and I had our coffee, and we talked. And that's one of the things I want to recommend for every marriage is to have some time each week where it's just you and your spouse, where you can connect and talk, but no stressful stuff, like how are we going to pay the bills or stuff. <laughs> but just, just relax and enjoy life. Now, that gets harder and harder as you, you know, it was, we've been doing that all of our marriage. Now we're coming up to 23 years. It gets harder and harder when you have kids, you know, so you got to fight for it when you have kids and there's all sorts of things on and if we miss one day, we try to make it another day. But anyway, I came, we finished our date, and I came back, and the young man said, very similar. He said, oh, you really blessed me, something along these lines. You really blessed me because you went on a date with your wife. He says, I need to do that. I'm, I've been married. I have a little kid, and I haven't done that in a while. And it spoke to me that you are taking your wife out on a date. And I said, yes. And I explained what I do. And then he said, I heard you use the word bless. Are you a Christian? And he said, yes, I'm a Christian. And I based my life on the Bible. And I never say I'm a pastor. He wouldn't. I just say, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And we had, then he's like, oh, that, I, I oh, you're, you know, he said stuff like, you know, you're awesome. You, you know, it's wonderful to see what you're doing. And it was all about, now it's not about me. What I'm bringing out is this young man was touched by the Lord by just the testimony of doing what is right and by being who we are as Christians and prioritizing our most important relationships 
And he saw this, and it inspired him. And then we became friends. We're just becoming friends on Facebook now. And he said, oh, I went to a... And now, there was something I learned from that experience, too. He says, I went to a church. He lives a little bit further out, more on the north side. He said, I went to a church, but the people didn't include me. And uh, he said, I wasn't included. They had their group, and they kept to their, their group, but the people didn't include me. And so I said, yeah, you know, that's quite bad. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> I probably sounded more eloquent when I said it to him. <laughs> I guess I said it. That's a shame, you know. But here's the thing. As, as a church, we need to remember that we often thinking about ourselves. Are we included? Do we feel included? But always make sure that whoever comes, whoever comes through that door especially if they're first time or they've, even if they've been here for a year or so, they need to feel loved and valued and included and uh, even outside of Sunday. And, but don't be one that says, oh, who's in, no one's including me. Be the one who includes. Because I could have all types of, Anna and I could have all types of excuses to stop pastoring. I could say, you know, this person left, that person left, this person said that. I don't want to do this anymore. And I have felt like that. I have really felt like that. So I try to be as honest as possible with all these messages. And because I have felt like that, I need to go back, and Anna has needed too, to go back to the resurrection life of Jesus that we need to minister out of Jesus' resurrection life. And yes, your feelings will be hurt. And yes, there will be uh, trouble with people, but that's why we keep on going back to the resurrection life of Jesus. And the picture in both the Greek and Hebrew is of, uh, of resurrection is someone that has fallen, but they stand up again. So they have fallen in death. But they stand up. But the picture is standing up. And there's many things in life that cut us down. And we need to stand up. And we stand up by the power of God. We stand up by the power of God. Jesus' resurrection enables us to do simple things with excellence. Jesus' resurrection enables us to do the simple things with excellence, like our jobs, like at work. And that one guy, I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, maybe some people heard it, one guy at Gideon's work, I only please God, I only please God. And Gideon said to him, what about the second commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Unless you do right by the managers and do a good job, you're not going to be able to work here anymore. But he kind of, this was a distortion of scripture. I only please God. I only please God. I can't please man. I, and we need to do the simple things. Our work uh, with excellence. And we do that through the power of the resurrection. There was another situation that came up uh, just a couple days ago. And it was the children asking questions. Both Valerie and Eva were asking I don't understand why Jesus had to die. 
why did Jesus have to die? Now, you could be the greatest theologian, but when, a children, when children ask you questions, it really challenges you. <laughs> it's a tough crowd. <laughs> and so I, I said, okay, let's first pray. Because we need actually help from God to understand them, just like we pray. Yes, well, Lord, help us to understand why Jesus died. Because you could give all the illustrations and still they may not understand. So we prayed that. And at first they were firing one question after another. I said, okay, we've got to stop and listen to everything <laughs> in order to understand it. But eventually it was like light came into the room. Both Valerie and Eva said, oh, I understand, and then explained it back to me. And so they understood. And I said, they, we could use many illustrations of why Jesus had to die. But one of the things that um, Valerie brought out, I showed the bridge illustration too, if you know the bridge, bridge illustration. But one of the things that Valerie pointed out is I had them read John 3.16 and Valerie said, oh, Jesus came to help us. It was that simple. But it was like the light came on. Jesus came to help us. And that's why he died on the cross. Well, there's so many illustrations we can use, so many things that we could say. But as a parent, you have your children. The children are going to ask questions. You need the power of the resurrection of Jesus in your parenthood. You need the power of the resurrection of Jesus in your marriage. That's what, uh, you know, all these illustrations we see in, in our parenthood, in our marriage, but also in our relationships in the community. And the power of the resurrection of Jesus is available for us, even in those small things. Now, another thing that I have been uh, struggling with lately is... And, some of you may know I've talked about this, is this is the time period, this, this, ho this Easter holiday time, this two-week break from school, both the kids' school and Bible school. This is the time my mom passed away and Gideon and the kids, their grandmother passed away. And it happened six years ago, but every time during this time of year, even though I try not to, I feel like I'm grieving. So every time, I, and I feel the grief, and it's not just on the day my mom passed away, which will be Friday, but it's the period of time. And it, 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 this week it's felt like a heavy rock, a heavy rock on me. And, and some of you that have been through grief, you, this is the thing with grief, it comes in cycles. It comes in cycles, and some of you will be able to relate. Many of you will be able to relate to that. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter if I'm spending hundreds of hours in the Word <laughs> and praying. I still have to go through grief. And yet, I've been meditating on the resur resurrection, and it's the power of the resurrection of Jesus that has been helping me and has helped me in the past to overcome the grief. And so I know this, this, you know, I feel fine now. I'm here with you guys. I'm sharing the word. 
I'm doing what I love. I'm looking at beautiful faces. So I, I feel fine now, but it'll come maybe tomorrow that I start feeling the weight of it again. And so what do I need to do? I need to draw on and access the power of the resurrection of Jesus. And so I share these personal stories to say that you can do the same thing too. You can do the same thing too. And the power of the resurrection of Jesus can get you through anything. Because Jesus rose from the dead, which means he overcame, he, he overcame death, he overcame grief, he overcame sorrow, he overcame sin, he overcame sickness, anything that tries to uh, grab onto us, oppress us, whatever it is, the resurrection of Jesus proves that God has overcome it, and he's overcome it for us. Jesus has overcome it for us. So it's the resurrection life of Jesus that empowers us to overcome. And much of the battle is just showing up like another. I didn't expect to be so personal in this message. But that, that's must, that must be what the Lord wants. But I didn't even want to go. I was feeling so much grief. I didn't even want to go to the Passover. Me who teaches Hebrew all the time and, you know, loves the Passover. But I felt so much grief that I said I just, I just felt like being in, uh, alone with nobody. And a lot of the battle is fought in just showing up and being with people. Because in grief, you may not want to be with people. Uh, you may want to stay away. But the power of Jesus' uh, resurrection, it helps you to overcome all these things. Uh, when someone asks if you've had a rough week, yeah, why? Does it show? <laughs> I don't know what that's a scene at. <laughs> Beetlejuice. I hope, it doesn't, I hope it doesn't scare the kids. When someone asks if it's been a rough week, yeah, why does it show? And if you're listening to this by the podcast, there's a man that really looks beat up. He's the guy from Beetlejuice, and he looks like he's had better days. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes we feel like that, but it's the power of the resurrection of Jesus, which is not just for Easter. One of the things I want to bring out, it's not just for Easter, it's for every day. And we can draw on it every day. And it's a gift to us. God shares his resurrection life with us. Jesus shares his resurrection life with us. So not only did Jesus die for us, but Jesus rose from the grave for us. So he not only died for us, but he rose from the dead for us. Third point is God's power surpasses all other power. God's power surpasses all other power. And I'll read again Ephesians 1.19 in light of everything I've been saying. Again, Ephesians 1.19 through 21. And last but not least, and last but not least, may you grasp the exceeding greatness of his power living in us who continually believe. What is this exceedingly great power? It is the working of his mighty strength 
God's raw power that was at work in the Messiah when he raised him from the dead. This raw power raised him to rest in the heavens at God's right hand. He was seated far above all rule, authority, power, and lordship, and high above every name that can be named, not only in this age, but also in the future. So this is making it clear that God's power surpasses all power. So let's look. Let's look under the hood of Ephesians 1.19. That was the beginning of this. And so we've been talking about lifting the hood. Now, f- for me, for me, when a me- mechanic lifts up the hood of the car, I kind of go a little bit like, I don't know what I'm looking at, right? <laughs> and he may say, you know, the carburetor here and the radiator here and the oil here and... The pistons here, I know a little bit, right? I know a little bit, but I don't know too much. And so when, I, when he lifts up the hood, I get a bit overwhelmed or, or maybe, I, maybe I just check out, you know, you know, you check out. And so for those of us who are not mechanical, we usually get lost when a mechanic lifts the hood of our car and begins pointing things out. And yet it's under the hood that the car's power is generated. So I, as we lift the, here it is, here's one of these muscle cars again, and the hood is lifted. This one pops out of the hood with that little uh, window there. The Pontiac Trans Am. You would think I'm a car lover here. <laughs> but this is what I felt inspired to share this this morning. I'm satisfied with our Kia Carnival. You know these Kia Carnivals? They got like, they got very powerful engines. It's a minivan, but the thing is, it will race past all your cars. You know, one car like this, my Kia Carnival is more powerful. (laughs) As a kid, you know, you're a teenager, I'm dreaming that one day I will drive a minivan. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what it looks like under the hood. This is the Greek of Ephesians 1.19. And so when we see this, it's, it's easy to get a little bit overwhelmed. But I just want to point out one thing, simple thing, that you have these words, and I, I put them in bold, but there's six words for power in one verse. We have hupo, hupa. Balon and Megathos. So we have this one, this one, Dunamios. So this is Dunamis, Dunamis. And uh, some of you will know that one for Dunamis, Dunamis. And then we have uh, Energeon. And Energie is uh, like where we get our word energy from. And then we have Krautos, which we get like democracy from, autocracy from. It has to do with the dominion, the reign, and the power. And then we have iskuos, which is a word for strength, and it's very much like the Hebrew word chazak. But what I'm saying here is packed in this one verse is lots of words on power. And so Paul is trying to bring out how powerful 
the resurrection of Jesus is. And this is not the whole passage. This is just one verse in the passage. And so this small verse is jam-packed with all kinds of words for power. Here are the six words. Now, you don't have to be able to read them, but I'll bring out some of the English where we have hupabalo. Uh, this is the hupa part is super or hyper, where we get our words super and hyper from. In English, we have megathos, and megathos is like mega, like our word mega. Um, that's where our word mega comes from. You may, not that, that you may not translate it like that, but that's where the idea comes from. You have dunamis. That's, we get the word dynamic from there. We get the word dynamite from there. Then we have energia, and this is our word energy, all coming from the Greek. Uh, kratos, like I mentioned before, democracy or autocratic. Uh, and then we have iskus. Uh, which is related to Chazak. So all in this one verse, as you, re- as you lift up the hood and read it in the original, you have all these words that just from all different angles, God is powerful. Wow. And this is why I say it's a raw power, you know, the raw power of God. So in other words, Paul is thinking, how can I describe God's unlimited power? I need every word that relates to power to describe how powerful God is. So with this, I'd like us to read, and we're coming to an end soon. With this, I'd like to, us to read the resurrection story of Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, sorry, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, and there you will see me. And we know from the rest of the story that at the end of this chapter, that's where Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And out of that authority, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. So notice the power here. The power of this angel coming from heaven and causing the stone to roll away. And then we see the angel is like, his appearance is like lightning. But then before that, and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. 
and behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. So we see this power language of the earthquake, of the lightning, the guard shaking in fear, um, all because Jesus rose from the dead, and then Jesus himself appears and says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. The Lord entrusted the first message of the good news of his resurrection to the women. And the women were to tell the men. (laughs) The women were to tell the disciples, and the women were to tell them, go to Galilee, because he's going to meet you in Galilee. So God used the women. Those are his first preachers. So don't tell me that women can't preach, or don't distort the scripture that says women have to be silent in church because that's a distortion. Uh, Here it is, the first ones to witness the resurrection are women, and the first ones Jesus entrusted with the message of the good news of the resurrection was women. So the resurrection changes everything, especially man's religious ways and traditions. Hallelujah for the resurrection. So women, preach the good news. Be bold. Don't be afraid. It's good to hear the women prophesy this morning. Keep it up. Keep it up. Here is, and another thing that happened was, some of you may know, I'm sharing a few personal stories, but some of you may know that during the flood, that area over there above my desk, it poured down water, and so that whole desk area got soaked And my Hebrew Bible, it turned into mold. A big part of it turned into mold because it was soaking in the water for so long. And it's a rare rare manuscript one. And so I put in the insurance report, and the insurance report, in order for me to recover the thing, it was going to be $180 because of the shipping, this and that. And so it's going to be quite expensive. But then when I did the insurance report, they said, oh, it's a $1,000 excess. We're not going to pay it at GST, but at least the thing went through. So I was like, Lord, I'm going to need some good deals if we're going to make this thing work. (laughs) And so we were up in Umundi this week, and lo and behold, in Umundi, you don't expect to find a Jewish Bible. Well, this is the Jewish Bible I found. It's the same exact template and manuscript as the one, but only (laughs) (laughs) $7.50. Now, I never expected it to, to find it in the bookstore there. They have a big bookstore. They have a big bookstore there, you know, thousands upon thousands of books. But then their, their Jewish section is about this big, you know, thousands and thousands of books, but the Jewish section is very small. So you never expect to find this thing there. But one of the interesting things about this manuscript is after each uh, book of the Bible, it says, and I don't know if you can read this. I'll read it to you. To you, it says Chazak. So you finish reading Genesis, it says Chazak. You finish reading Exodus, it says Chazak. You finish reading Leviticus, it always has this Chazak and then a prayer. Well, Chazak is what God said to Joshua, be strong. And it's related to the word, we, one of the words we read there in Ephesians 1.19, Chazak. So after you read, the Jewish tradition here is after you finish reading a book or even after you read a passage, you say to one another, Hazak. It's be strong. 
And it's to take hold of it and be strong so that you can keep the word. Now, all of our chazak comes out of the resurrection of Jesus. We are strong by the power of his resurrection. We can chazak. We can be strong because of the power of his resurrection. That is the engine. That is the engine by which we can go and preach the gospel and bring the good news. Without us, we end up falling on our face, and we need that engine firing up every day. So here we're coming to an end very soon. God's power heals. So one of the things we know about God's power is God's power heals. And why does God's power heal? Because God's power is greater than anything. It was God's power, like I said before, that caused Jesus to rise from the dead, overcome sin, sickness, satanic forces, and death. Nothing is too difficult, and nothing is too powerful for the resurrection power of Jesus. So here we come to our theme of healing. It is through God's power that we are healed. Now, here we want to think. Let's name a few things that God's power is greater than. Some things that may be scary. Cancer. Cancer is a scary thing, but God's power, everything that can be named, his name is greater. This is what Ephesians 1 is telling us. So Jesus' resurrection power is greater than cancer. What else? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Demons. Witchcraft, demons, and... Christians can be nervous about demons, witchcraft. and I remember back in the revival in Pensacola, you would have the witches that they would come. They didn't like what God was doing in the revival. They would come in the back and they put on curses. They, all of it fell to the floor. Nothing, stu- uh, nothing stuck because the power of God was so strong in the place that it was like a joke. But they tried, but they tried their little thing and... and, and you kind of look at them and you smile. And this is why we need God's power, because God's power overcomes all these things. So demons, witchcraft, what else? Satan, God's power. Satan can seem scary, but Jesus is so far greater than the power of Satan. Apollyon, uh, Apollyon yeah, which is mentioned in, yeah, it's mentioned in, uh, it's mentioned in Pilgrim's Progress, and it's known to be a high-ranking demon. And so we, Jesus is higher than Apollyon. What else? COVID. Jesus is more powerful and greater than COVID. Putin. Putin. Yeah, Putin. Good. Caleb, you're into this. Hallelujah. (laughs) Jesus is more powerful than Vladimir Putin and his war and all of his ideology. Jesus is more powerful than death. Hallelujah. So again, all these things, when we look at them, can be scary. Yes, they can be scary, but then we got to focus our eyes on the power of Jesus Christ and that he is greater. And I'm doing this for my extended family, too. Talk to my dad, and he was telling me how my different aunts were sick with different problems. And um, one was diverticulitis, another one was Bell's palsy, another have, have another friend that was his kidneys are failing. And so I've been praying for them. The resurrection of Jesus is greater than all these things. Yeah, Donna. It's a golf 
Mm. Amen. Yes. And that's the great, that's the greatest miracle is being born again. And the love and the kindness that the Lord puts in our hearts and that we would do things against our selfish nature. Uh, And to live holy in an unholy world is a miracle. Well, what else? What else? Uh, Caleb, you've done a good job answering. I'll let... uh, yeah, the, good. Kim Jong Un, the Lord, the Lord is greater. His power is greater than the North Korean pres- president. It's greater than sin. Jesus' resurrection power is greater than sin. Anybody else have something? Imperfection. Yeah, greater than imperfection. All right, Caleb, give somebody else a chance. Huh? What's your thoughts? Death. We got death. Amen. Amen. Greater than death. Yeah, Chris. Principalities. Principalities. Amen. He's greater than mortality and corruptibility. Yeah, he's greater than the whole mortality and corruptibility of our flesh because he brings us into his immortality. Yeah, he's greater than anything other than himself. And that is a powerful theological statement. So good on you. Good on you, Caleb. So we'll, we'll allow you that one. <laughs> he's greater than addictions. He is more powerful than addictions. And this is why we need to draw on his power. My last point. Oh, my la- this, it's not my last point. We're, we're wrapping up soon. We're already over time. Did you you see this one? Probably the greatest newborn costume ever. Here's this baby. He looks like he's just come out of jail in his orange prison outfit. And the sign on him says, I just did nine months on the inside. (laughs) Did you get that? I just did nine months on the inside. Little little baby outfit. Hallelujah. Okay. The last... Point. It's, it, more, we're not going to develop this one, but I'm just going to state it. We access this power through faith and prayer. Mm-hmm. This is how we access it, by believing and through prayer we access the power of God. Mm-hmm. So by faith and prayer we draw on that power and that power operates through our life so that it's not mere theory or doctrine, or doctrine but is actually evident in our lives. Amen. Now next, this is what we're going to do this week, is this week I want you to access this resurrection power through faith and prayer. I want you to access it in every situation, the little things, the big things. And then next week, come back and tell your testimony. So next week I'm not going to preach. What we're going to do is have a rest Sunday, and rest stands for reflect, encourage, scripture, and testimony. So reflect over the different messages we've been sharing over the last, I guess this last uh, 2022, the last couple months, last few months. And then uh, encourage. We want to encourage one another. What encouragement do you have? What scriptures do you have? So we'll... I'll get you to come up here and share. And testimonies. What testimonies do you have? 
So I think you are all mature enough to do this without any wackiness. <laughs> Nobody laughed there. <laughs> Reflect, encourage scripture and testimony. So that will be our goal next week. So that is my homework for you. Put this, you know, pray on this. So our conclusion is this. Our conclusion to all of this is we need Jesus' resurrection power for everyday things, not just big problems. And this power is a gift to you who believe in Jesus. It's a gift to you who believe in Jesus. So let's all stand and we're going to pray. I went a little bit longer than I had planned. I think mainly because I was sharing all those stories. Donna, good to see you online. Daniel, Diane, Joy, Ben, Grace. Hallelujah. Just going to make room for Anna. Father, right now, In the name of Jesus, we want to grasp, and I'm praying that we would all grasp your resurrection power in our weariness, in our tiredness, in our day-to-day lives. I pray for the power of the resurrection of Jesus to be evident in our lives. And we're praying for everybody listening to this that is sick, that is struggling, or battling with the fear of these things that we have mentioned, Lord, we declare this afternoon, yeah, we're in the afternoon now, we declare this afternoon that Jesus, your power, your resurrection power is greater, greater than sickness, greater than sin, greater than despots, greater than autocrats, greater than our fears, addictions, greater than our sins, Your resurrection power is greater. And we lift up the resurrection power of Jesus right now. We lift up the life of Jesus right now. Let it be imparted to everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Let your resurrection life come to everyone.